people see me as a black woman like surprised that I've been a nurse for 20 years, you know? And I can piggyback on what she's saying right now because I'm a business owner. I took over a business that has been in existence for over 30 years. And people will say, you're the owner? <laughs> that happens often. It's hard for some people to perceive that people of color can be a business owner, even in your own race. really got to stay stay prayed up and just basically know even though it's, it might be a lot of bad going on now just think about the good that it has been just trying to keep your mind especially when you're responsible for other people like your kids and keeping them together you know and you want to keep telling them it's gonna be all right but you don't even you know your mind might not think it's all right so it's heavy that's a heavy thing i'm sarah fenske this is st louis on the air For nearly 20 years, StoryCorps has given people across the U.S. the opportunity to record interviews about their lives. You may have heard some of the interviews on Friday's Morning Edition, where they're a weekly feature. Now StoryCorps has turned its ear to Alton, and specifically the untold stories of Black people living there. This Friday, StoryCorps Chicago will feature some of those stories in a virtual listening event. It's called Untold Black Stories of Alton. And joining us today to talk about it is Amy Tardiff. She's the regional manager at StoryCorps in Chicago. Amy, welcome. Hi, it's great to be here. So, Amy, what led StoryCorps to Alton specifically? Well, the idea of recording stories in Alton came from Illinois Humanities, to be honest because the Chicago Story Booth is always looking for organizations to partner with that will connect us to diverse participants. And Illinois Humanities had identified a couple of locales in the state with rich cultural and historical backgrounds, as well as modern-day concerns. So we're recording in both of them, because they were obviously places where people's experiences and memories needed to be preserved for the future. And what attracted us to Alton was some of the obvious things that I think maybe we all know. Um, things like it's the hometown of Miles Davis and the place of Abe Lincoln's last debate. The former state penitentiary in Alton was used during the Civil War to hold thousands of Confederate prisoners of war and that escaped slaves sought shelter there through the Underground Railroad. But it's also a lot like every town USA, and mm. it has current racial and economic problems, and it's also undergoing a revitalization. So we jumped at the chance. And so was it hard to get people to open up with these personal stories? No, it wasn't hard. It was hard to get them scheduled. (laughs) You know, with our new virtual um, system that we created last spring due to the pandemic, people are a little, um, you know, thinking, what is this system that you're using? We don't. We were going to originally go down and spend three days in Alton recording them in person, and that, all, like everything else, changed. Mm-hmm. We couldn't do that. And then it was just the organization of getting them used to, uh, can they do this? Did we have to call them on the phone and do, use a landline? Did, you know, did they have the technology to be able to do it? It was just an organizational sort of thing. But no trouble getting people to open up once they understood what StoryCorps was, what we were asking of them, finding a partner and um, just saying this is your time to 
turn off the telephones, turn off the technology, other than what you're doing with us virtually, and just have that conversation you may have never had with your um, partner, your um, father or your mother or your son or your daughter, mm-hmm. and just talk about things that you've always wanted to talk about and ask those really intimate questions. Um, they they did it, and um, a lot of things came out. Hmm. Do you feel like the virtual format maybe even helped people get to a more intimate place than if they were sitting face-to-face with someone they didn't know? It's hard to say. Um, you know, we used to say in our story booth, which um, has been closed all year, that it was a magic space. It was very intimate and very small, and the lights were low. Face-to-face, it just seemed like, you know, the facilitator sat back and just watched people have those conversations, and there were often tears, is what you might have heard on the radio. Um, And we were a little worried that the virtual space wouldn't bring that, but over the past year, the same thing is sort of happening. We we are still in that space with them as a facilitator, and um, we're just allowing them to have that conversation without us um, really infiltrating, although we we still can, and we will add to um, being that first listener, saying, um, you didn't finish that story, or let me ask a question that may add to the situation you're talking about, but really trying to hang back and allowing them to just talk to each other. Um, We're still trying to create that magic space with some of the technology um, and hoping that it still happens. We feel like it happened in Alton. And uh, some of the stories that came out, I think, are just as good, if not better, than what might have happened if we were to come down there and sit in the library or whatever space we might have ended up being in in person. Hmm. And so that is now a virtual event. And we have a preview of that virtual event that happens on Friday. And we're going to play that for you today. This is the story of identical twins, Evelyn and Yvonne Campbell. They were born and raised in Alton, the youngest of nine children. And in this StoryCorps interview, they talk about their mother's influence. They talk about COVID-19, racism, and their career. Evelyn is a nurse, and Yvonne owns a cafe in Alton. It's called My Just Desserts. And here is Evelyn. We didn't live in the biggest house, but we were fed, we were clothed, we were taken care of. I think now you have to instill in your kids. You might not have what you want, but you have what you need. I think that's probably what our mother instilled in us. You know, you might went further down the street and people had less than what we had, basically. (laughs) My mom was a very good role model for never giving up. She worked for uh, Kmart in Wood River and she worked herself up to management, which was, you know, not likely back then for a black woman to hold a management job. People see me as a black woman, like surprised that I've been a nurse for 20 years, you know, and I can piggyback on what she's saying right now, because I'm a business owner. I took over a business that has been in existence for over 30 years. And people will say, you're the owner. (laughs) That happens often. It's hard for some people to perceive that people of color can be a business owner, even in your own race. Yeah. So that's why I'm glad I'm a business owner, because then whether you're a white child, a black child, Chinese, whatever you are, you can still look at me and say, oh, well, she can do that. It definitely has been hard not knowing if my business is going to survive. It keeps me up at night. COVID 
yeah. our world, the election, we don't know anything and it affects everybody. And this is probably the longest time I haven't been to church in my life. Me too. You know, and <laughs> you don't fellowship the same. You can't do anything the same. It's affecting your pockets and it's affecting your mind. So you just really got to stay, stay prayed up and just basically know, even though it's, it might be a lot of bad going on now, just think of all the good that it has been. Just trying to keep your mind, especially when you're responsible for other people, mm -hmm. like your kids and keeping them together, you know, and you want to keep telling them it's going to be all right, but you don't even, you know, your mind might not think it's all right. So it's heavy. That's a heavy thing. I look back and to know that I have gotten here, that's every reason not to give up. We have gotten several opportunities since COVID. Uh, McAllister's Deli did a, a Black Lives Matter campaign. So they hired us to make 33,000 cookies. We don't even make cookies. We do now, but we didn't then. So I didn't know that phone call was coming. Yeah. That phone call came- In the when, middle of COVID. When I was like, what the heck are we gonna do? And what did we do? We made 33,000 cookies that I never would have imagined. We made them in two months. And still to this day, I cannot believe we did it. But it's like God gives it to you and you do it. It's all faith driven. I'm just going to say that. Being that we are in a small community, it is important to know your neighbors. It's important to know your mayor it's important to know the people that walk in your door and and if i see an unfamiliar face i'm going to find out is this your first time here where are you from what brought you here um you know your community you want to feel welcome and it's small you know Auden is a smaller town you can go in the store and a lot of people are familiar to you you know it's a comforting feeling yeah Those are identical twins Evelyn and Yvonne Campbell of Alton in the virtual StoryCorps Chicago booth. Their story was facilitated and edited by Mary Beth Sear. And our thanks to Amy Tardiff of StoryCorps for joining us earlier to tell us about the project. The Campbell story is one of several that will be featured in a virtual event this Friday from 5 to 6. It's called Untold Black Stories of Alton. We have details on our website. That's stlpublicradio.org. If you learned something new from today's episode, consider leaving us a review and rating on Apple Podcasts on the App Store. It's the easiest way to help people discover our show. We appreciate it. Thank you. Support comes from the Missouri Forest Products Association, committed to conservation and careful management of the state's forests to make them more resilient and better habitats for wildlife. Choosewood.com.